and we've always sort of had that since. Yeah. So, like yeah, that. I like that. It's nice and smooth, not yeah, too rough. Like, yeah. Um, a little sign has just popped up on my screen. Avoid legal snags by telling people they're being recorded. And you probably know from the other shows, I just press record and just chat. Yeah. There's no introduction because it's kind of, um, how can I describe it? It's not really a podcast. It's just a no. chance to talk with people I like about what, they, what they're doing, what they've experienced, what they know. And we chatted about the big cat thing, didn't we? Yes, we did, indeed. Yeah. And it was interesting to me, you know, as a former policeman um that you'd come forward with a sighting like this but also you guys are trained to observe you know and to give accurate representations of what you've seen i thought well what beats that what beats that um uh, the the one that we saw you know I, i was quite shocked um it sort of plays with your mind a little bit because you can't sort of compute what you're seeing yeah. Um, and it was the time, it was, I remember it was when my mum was dying. Sadly, she, she had got sort of cancer, bless her. And we were travelling between Gainsborough and Grantham. And we were sort of coming home this night, and it was in the early hours of the morning. Um, Louise, my wife, she was with me. And was coming around a series of sort of S-bends near Bowl Corner on the A620, which is yeah. just before you get into Gainsborough. And there was this cat sat in the middle of the road or, or to the side of the road and my immediate reaction because she was sort of falling asleep I said oh look there's a fox and as soon as I said look there's a fox I thought crikey you know that's not a fox it's a cat and it, it was sort of stood there on all fours sort of like crouched mm. and it sort of jumped how a cat does from the road onto the verge as if it was pouncing mm. on something then obviously it was aware of the car coming towards it and it turned to its left to look at us and it was two three seconds at the most and then it leapt through the hawthorn hedge wow but yeah i mean we were only i would say we closed to within about 20 yards of it wow when it leapt through the hedge um i pulled the car over and got out much to Louise's panic. She said, no, 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 don't get out. <laughs> but the, the, as I say, there's a hawthorn hedge and a, a sort of shallow dike at the side of the road just there. And it had obviously gone through the hawthorn hedge. Um, bearing in mind, it was December, so there was no leaves or anything on, mm. on the hedge. But I just didn't see where it, it went to, which was slightly bizarre because it was sandy coloured. It wasn't black. It was like a sort of golden, labrador, golden Labrador colour. Yeah. Like a, like a mountain lion. Would you say, uh, when you said it, it looked like a fox, would you say it was a kind of a no, fox size? No, no, or no, no. that was just oh, your no. first impression, your mind tra- trying to translate what you were looking yeah, at? Yeah, I think it's your mind trying to yeah. translate what's in front of you. And, and to see yeah. an animal of that sort of size, you know, sort of dog-like mm. size in the middle of the road, you, you automatically sort of think, oh, fox. But as I say, within yeah. that split second of saying, oh, look, there's a fox, and I thought, right, no, it's a cat. Yeah. It's a big cat. Yeah. And you could clearly see, you know, it, it's sort of squat rounded ears, it, it's squat, sort of squarish face, big, big long tail. I mean, its tail must have been, I don't know, two, three foot long. Wow. And I would say it was probably the size of a Labrador. Wow. So what's it about? Possibly a little bit bigger. Yeah, that's about, I'm about five nine i guess so that's a kind of waist height to me just under waist height oh no no i would say it would be sort of mid thigh height mid thigh height okay yeah. so yeah so about my height okay yeah so it's yeah, um, sort of like you know like a, a labrador sort of golden you know, yeah maybe that size would you, Not, would certainly you wasn't say alsatian size or anything like okay. that okay that's that's curious actually because a lot of the big cat sightings in the uk including the Black Panthers, which for my mind would most likely be a descendant of a black leopard, a melanistic leopard, mm. um, which were very popular pets, you know, uh, these uh, pets Obviously, yes, have at that yeah. time, which would explain for such a rare type of animal the, you know, the large occurrence in the UK of them and then pumas, raised to keep. But one of the things that stands out about a lot of the sightings is they're not waist height and above, as most people would think a big cat would be. They're actually. Quite slinky, maybe about two meters long with the tail. Um, and you say mid-thigh to even knee height in some cases. 
Yeah, I'd say this would this was mid thigh to sort of waist height. Yeah, as I say, it was good good sort of Labrador size. Wow, thick thick builds. Not especially, no. Yeah, no. But it's definitely you know definitely not a domestic cat at all. No, right? and this thing was was far far too big, and as I say to to my mind, it looked like a mountain lion, and it yeah. was that color, that sort of sandy beige yeah. color. Yeah. And did you see ears or anything? they were small, small rounded ears. Rounded they ears. They, they, they weren't pointed. Yeah. Um, and as I say, it's tail, I don't know, two, three foot long. Yeah. With the um, little bend there, a little less shape, or maybe. Do you know, to, to be quick. honest, Andy, it, from coming around the corner, because you, yeah. you sort of slow down because there's a, a sort of sharp left hand bend, then there's a short straight down to what's called Bowl Corner. Mm where Westburton power station is and as we came around the corner it was we would be 50 yards from it and then obviously traveling at about 30 40 mile an hour I can remember it was it was quite a frosty night actually so we weren't I wasn't traveling particularly fast mm. um, and I say it was stood actually on our side of the carriageway facing mm. the hedge then it leapt on all fours like our cat does mm. onto the grass then it turned at us to look at us briefly turned again and through the hedge so it Amazing. was i don't know five ten seconds <laughs> 15 seconds at the most you know it's it's hard to sort of judge that time but mm. from that initial you know that initial reaction oh god it's a fox but oh no it's not it's a cat even louisa she says christ that's a cat yeah and as i say it got that squat roundish head you know squarish mm. head Amazing, really. I mean, we were both sort of gobsmacked for one yeah. word. Well, I think it's it's just you don't expect it, do you? And I mean, uh, as a policeman, I mean, I've seen everything. You know, I've seen badgers going across mm. the road. I've, I've seen koi pews, everything. It's but you'll never forget that. Definitely a big cat. I remember when you told me about it actually, and I just thought, well, there's something. So we do this in the Bigfoot world as well. There's something about sightings there's there's a pattern of regular sightings in which these other animals are seen it's the same for big cats and it's a, it, the pattern repeats itself in witness sightings and that pattern often reassures me that the person has seen a big cat mm. and that's the pattern it's it's the it's the mistaken identity first that running through the mental library of images to get it and suddenly this realization this um metamorphosis of the shape and the size comes into view and as soon as you've realized what you've seen it's gone mm. and i think the rounded ears you know, the the height you're not going to get that kind of height not even really from a savannah cat oh no i mean we, yeah. we've got i mean we we used to have six cats so we're mm. quite sort of and we've got we've got like a meadow behind us and i mean even seeing our cats up in the field you can tell yeah. they're, they're a domestic cat even at distance but I mean, this, as I say, we, we closed to within 20 yards. And it was, it, you know, it was definitely what it was, you know, without question, without doubt. And, and I just feel so privileged to have sort of seen it. But um, we had an awful lot of sightings in Lincolnshire around that time. Yeah. Um, they were mainly black big cats. In fact, I've got this. I've, I've dug this out for you. I don't know whether you can see this. It see that? On the, yeah. On the on the trail of the whatever it says. It's it a beast. But that's that last there. That was Caroline McGarra. She was one of our wildlife officers, and okay. she's holding two casts because. that were recovered from Lawton Woods near here. Wow. Now they were sent off to London Zoo, and they confirmed that they were from a puma. Wow. Um, we also, I mean, prior to my sighting. I used to be on what was called a task force unit, which was like six blokes that go around, you know, sorting out problems and issues wherever they are. Um, one of the big landowners in Lincolnshire was, was a lady called Mrs. Parker that owned an awful lot of land that was big friends with the chief constable. Um, and she was or she owned the Blankney Hunt. Uh, one day, one of her kennel maids or grooms, whatever they were, was riding through Stapeford Woods, exercising some horses, her horse and two others that she'd got with her on, on long leads or leashes or whatever. 
when she claims that this big black cat ran across the ride in front of her, which spooked mm -hmm. the horse and threw her. Um, I think she got a, a broken collarbone or something like that. Um, Mrs. Parker, she obviously phoned the chief constable's office uh, wanting something done about it because she didn't mm -hmm. feel that it was right. Um, and as a bit of a PR exercise, my unit was sent down to Stapeford Woods. Um, we searched the area that was pointed out to us and we found some prints. And again, we got one of the Socko guys to come down, do some plaster casts. Again, they were sent off to London Zoo uh, and they came back and confirmed that it was a puma, cougar, that sort of animal. Wow. So for me, for my mind, you know, I've seen the physical evidence that these animals have left behind. There is no doubt that they're out there in the countryside. I'd have to And I don't with you. think they're supernatural. Yeah. I don't think they're alien big cats. I think they are just big cats that's living living in the yeah. countryside. I mean the supernatural explanation, it's it's strange in a way because it's mm. an animal we know that exists. It there's a good enough reason for them to be here, the Dangerous Wild Animals Act of nineteen seventy six, or the prohibitive, expensive um, requirements to keep these animals, to register them. People let them go, people admitted to letting them go, zoos. And wildlife parks have admitted um, posthumously to have lost a couple along the way. And these animals have wide ranges, very wide ranges. And I'm not, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all that they could survive very well, breed, and have like, plenty of food, not just a little food. Oh, crap, yeah. I mean, there's millions pheasants, of rabbits, pheasants, rabbits, everything grouse, partridge, whatever. Squirrels, uh, sheep, Pigeons, the odd sheep. sheep. Yes, yeah. with, with that one that was recovered from Lawton Forest, I remember at the time there was an awful lot of sheep mutilations oh, really? that the farmers were reporting, you know, sort of savage carcasses. Mm. It's blamed on dogs normally, isn't it? Yes, they? yeah, they're normally blamed on a strange oh, which dog. Is, I but... think, you know, nine times out of ten, that's, that's correct. But um... Yes, I mean, a, a dog, when a dog savages, savages a sheep, it's normally just that. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't half eat it, mm -hmm. but these were sort of half eaten. You know, the carcasses were well devoured. Yeah. So I don't know. It's as I say what to my mind, thoughts, they're um, out there. But... I think they're definitely out there. What are your thoughts on the the danger that it poses to the public? So it seems to me over the years, either sightings are becoming more frequent or more frequently reported. I'm not sure which one, but if you take Let's say it's been 40, what am I, 44, 45 this year. So it's been 45 years since that act was introduced. Animals probably of that nature live on average maybe 12, 20 years or something in captivity. But let's say 12 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. And we're looking at several generations moving out, having very wide territories. Let's say, let's say there was just, let's say there was 10 to 12 individuals released in, when it first happened. Um, sightings are countrywide what what are your thoughts about the danger to the public in the u.s cougars are dangerous mm. in india panthers are dangerous yeah. why are they dangerous here to us why aren't we seeing attacks on people well we are well, there have been two or three documented ones haven't there mm. but not one, predatory the... attacks oh no no i mean I've, I've, I've sort of read accounts of people that have been sort of swiped and got claw marks on them and what have you but I don't know. I can't answer that one. Could it be that there's just lots of food here? We're not a good prey source. I think possibly. I don't know. You know, depending on the animal, um, you know, contact with humans, it might, you know, it might be the, the, the sort of flight or fright. Flight or fight, even. Yeah. Sort of mentality in the animal's head. I don't know. It does seem strange, but I think because they're, they're so far, if they are out there, and I think they are, because they're so far, you know, so widespread, um, I don't know, particularly in Lincolnshire, because ours is a big county, you know, mm. and, and there's just fields everywhere. I mean, it's, I think an animal would rather run away from you rather than confront mm. you. I don't think unless you cornered it or whatever. And I don't think there's any reports of, of anyone having sort of cornered an animal like that in Lincolnshire. Not to my knowledge either. The ones no. that you talked about, I think there was a guy in Croydon 
which, the, the, the attacks, I mean, was pounced on whilst trying to save his cat in the garden by something that resembled a puma a few years back. There was the lad that was scratched on the face in Tintin back in the mm. 90s, who was a school friend of my, one of my old friend's younger brothers, actually. Um, and the whole story was, you know, he'd walked up to this thing and got hit in the face and scratched. I think it was in the mid-90s or something like mm. that. Yeah, I seem to remember. Yeah, but the true story behind it, apparently, according to my brother's friend, who's a schoolmate of his, was that he saw it in a field, walked up to it and pulled its tail and got hit in the face. Yeah. (laughs) Like an idiot. And, um, you know, was lucky to walk away with a big scratch. Having said that, though, Um, we did have a lad in Gainsborough. He was killed by a lion. In a wildlife park. <laughs> no, there was there was it was in sort of I think it was about the seventies that a circus came to town. Oh, and he was taunting this. He somehow got into the the, the backstage of the circus oh, and he was no. taunting this lion. And I don't think its its pen or its cage was secure. Oh. And he got out and, and sort of mourned into death. Oh, God. it's a bit of a. I know it's an awful thing to say, but I mean, that's I mean bit... instant karma. Oh. Darwin Awards and the rest yes, of it. Spring to mind. Yeah. But no, I, I was talking to my vet the other day because knowing I was sort of going to speak to you about it, uh-huh. um, I had to take my cat in for something. And I, I sort of asked them, I said, you know, have you had any sort of animal mutilations on any of the farms? Because I know they deal with farm animals. Mm-hmm. And they said they had several up until about 2010 until that really bad winter, you know, when we had sort of like permafrost yeah. across the whole of the country. And he says, we haven't had a lot since then so whether that's killed called the numbers i don't mm. know don't know but the the girl that lives across the road she works at bransby horses home which is like a, a rescue center for horses and her mm. parents live on the lincolnshire edge or which is like a limestone cliff that runs through lincolnshire in one of the villages she says they constant sightings of big black cat around their village so they're still out there wonder if they they're definitely there i wonder if they move out from different territories now and again if they just i mean some pumas in the u.s will will they will migrate thousands of miles mm. you know hundreds of miles at least to different parts they're seeing them in the east uh, in the eastern part of the u.s again a friend of mine did a documentary on it uh called lines of the east alexander pedikov is a good good document good documentary maker and yet they're starting to see them there again now of course they're in the u.s but they're not in those states. Sure enough, over time, they've just made their way back in. With a country like Britain, I just think the food sources are there. There's so much untouched countryside. We don't think about that. We all have it inhabiting the, 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 the big towns and the cities. We've got a, a small rural population. And uh, you know what it's like out there at night. You, know, you can move around with total anonymity. Nobody yeah. would see a big cat walking around well, in the fields at night. That's it. I mean, I mean, Lincolnshire is that vast, mm. and I mean, we are a rural county. Yeah. I mean, you don't. I mean, like our town, you don't have to go far. You know, within half a mile, you're in the countryside. What population? I wonder. Um, but, yeah. But no, say I, we had an awful lot, an awful lot of sightings, and the sort of local newspapers and the radio stations called this cat the Lindsay Leopard. Okay. And it was, I think, on one, you know, there were sightings all over. And, the, you know, the headlines were the Lindsay Leopard is seen again. The Lindsay Leopard was seen here. The Lindsay Leopard was seen there. And I thought, you know, there's obviously more than one of these animals. I think on yeah, one but... particular day, it was it was seen in, in and around Market Raisin. And yeah. then half an hour later, there was a sighting down near Saxelby, which is sort of like 30 miles away. And he said, well, no, you know, it's not the same animal. You know, no way. there's more than one. Why do you think we do that? From um, putting your policeman's head on, when there's a phenomenon happening, why do you think we always think of there being one? You find this with Loch Ness Monster a lot. So I know, yeah. There's like the one Nessie traveling Nessie. around the world to all of these different locations. Um, and people often will refer to it like that. I don't know. I, th- I think it's possibly because people think of a big cat you know, if there are big cats out there, the, the majority of people think of it as, as being not natural to our environment, don't they? Yeah. There's something weird oh, or strange yeah. about it. To, to have, yeah. You know, they can't possibly, I mean, it, it bemuses me how people can't 
sort of entertain the fact that there are big cats living in our countryside, you know, that they're possibly native to this country now. Yeah, like grey squirrels. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're on their way. People just assume that they are alien big cats, you know, Mm. for one way or another, whether it's escape from captivity or whatever. And I think it's this mentality that they think there can only be one. They don't think there can be a population out there. Mm. And I think when newspapers, I mean, you know what the media is like, they pick up on or pick up on something. They give it a stupid name like the Lindsay Leopard, and you know it's the Lindsay Leopard scene again, the Lindsay Leopard scene here, the Lindsay Leopard scene there, and it's just it's just nonsense, really, isn't it? I think so. I think so. And I mean, you know, going back to the sort of sightings of them. I mean, prior to sort of before I retired, I was working on a rural car, and my my actual beat, the area of my beat, was 160 square miles. Okay. And on didn't that, walk it then. No, no. And on that, um, on my area, I had thirty-six badger sets. And from time to time, because of sort of badger baiting and whatever, mm. we had to sort of patrol the areas where they were in. If we, if we got intelligence that was a risk, you know, to, mm. to people sort of interfering with with the sets. And in sort of eight years on that area. I think I only saw, apart from visiting the sets and seeing them in Mm. and around the sets, I only ever saw one badger walking along Mm. the road, apart from, you know, dead ones that had been hit by cars. And if you think 38 badger sets with something like 12, 14, 15 animals per set, Mm. and some of these were quite close to roads. You know, I mean, what's the population? What's the, you know, that's that's an awful lot of badgers. Mm. And to only ever see one. And that was sort of like two o'clock in the morning on a back road in the middle of nowhere. I've, I've said this to people. A bunch you of know, times. so the possibility yeah. that, you know, I don't know, a dozen or so big cats are living out there. It's, it's, for me, looking at the, the, the urban population of the UK, the urban sprawl, which is a tiny amount of the country, and having been out there in the woods at night, in the daytime, all over the place in the country, I, I comment on this all the time. I've never seen a badger. Have you not? Never, ever once seen a badger. And it surprises well, me. Now, I've come across that musty <clears throat> smell sometimes and wondered, yeah. but I've never once seen one. And I hear well, they're a little bit uh, unfriendly quite, anyway. It's, so It's quite weird because we live in a town. Um, and as I say, at, at the back, of where you can see my sort of French windows at the back. There's like a meadow there. It's uh-huh. part of the green belt, and then you're more or less into the countryside. There's not a uh-huh. lot of there's not a lot of houses. I mean, I was sat in here one morning eating my breakfast, and I looked just to this window, and I thought, "What the hell's that?" There's a deer stood looking at me. Yeah. And you think, "Great, you know, it's an alien deer." <laughs> an alien deer. Plenty of those about goodness. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I did it, look. It's it's for me. For a long time, I was really interested in this phenomenon because I had an experience which I talk about in all the podcasts. I was in Crimach near the Priscilla Mountains in West Wales, staying with an ex-girlfriend's family. And she was an ex at the time. And her mum's friends were up for Christmas. Sure enough, one of them had gone out to the porch at 5 a.m. Uh, on the veranda to have a smoke. 5 a.m. in the morning, no, no smoking in the house. Lady up from London, she lit the cigarette, you know, five, six feet away, whatever it was, 10 feet away. There's a panther, a black panther, just staring at her. She's frozen, looks at her for like 10 seconds, turns and just walks away. And the next day, you know, I'm like, wow, this is 1999. We go looking for it. We're looking everywhere. Um, her sister, her younger sister, admits that she's seen one whilst riding, horse riding over the mountain, chasing sheep brand in one of the local farms. And I was like, that's insane at that point. I never really grasped it. That's insane. And I've had this interest going out looking for them. But more and more, as I found out more about the cats over the years, I've actually become more concerned by it. Mm. Because to me now, it seems, it seems like it must be a subject for concern. Either they are, they are multiplying and migrating, especially in a year like last year, where there's not many people about walking about the places, more open space, um, and less interference from men. There's got to be an incident sooner or later, you know, with a child or you know, anybody, yeah, you know, we, an older person. There has to be something that's going to go on because the the more of them there are and the less aware of it we are, 
the more vulnerable the situation becomes, especially if one of them is injured or something that's having trouble feeding. That happens all the time in the wild. Why wouldn't it happen here? So, Well, does it? I mean, you take, for example, how many people in the UK disappear without trace every year? Yeah. I mean, where do all that, I mean, that's, that always bamboozles me. I don't, I don't know what the exact figures are at the moment. But it's, it's, some, it's something like, is it 50,000 people a year? Something yeah, like crazy. that. Crazy figures, isn't it? Crazy figures. That disappear without a trace. Would you say uh, most of that is, is under dodgy circumstances? So well, yeah, crime, I mean, I mean, runaways? If you, and... if you said, you know, say, for instance, say on an average year you get 40,000 people disappear. I mean, if you had, say, 20,000 went abroad. Yeah, you know, ten thousand could change the names, but but that's not even ten thousand. That's an awful lot of people to disappear every year. Mm. I don't think they've been eaten by big cats. Personally, that's a that's a high number. No. Ones and twos. <laughs> you have to, yeah, they're being kidnapped by big feet. Big feet. Uh, but this is the other thing. The, the the joyous thing from a cryptozoology point of view about big cats. There's no argument. You don't have to argue for existence only for existence here in this country and for me there's a there's just a, there's a straight line of argument dangerous wild animals act 1976 people yeah. let them go now we're seeing them yeah. it seems obvious to me and it's a strange thing to argue when we have this conversation all the time about should we or shouldn't we introduce links it's like you've missed the boat the boat sailed <laughs> yeah, <let them laughs> you know, why not yeah. just add them to the mix <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, know. there was that with wild boars when they when they reintroduced yes. them to the new forest, wasn't there? there? Yeah, there was a fear that they were going to disembowel people and whatever else, mm-hmm. but it, it hasn't happened, has it? it hasn't happened. I mean, I think people have had a few. But to me, as I say, this, you know, that mm. when you've that, got definitive proof that that track was made by a big cat, you know, that's not somebody going around with a wooden cast and when is that? Proof. What's the date? That oh gosh, hang on, I'm going to have to get in glasses. Yeah. <laughs> this was in the Lincolnshire Echo in 2001. And when was your sighting? That was 2005, the year oh. my mum died. That's actually not so long ago. Although the animal that you saw could possibly be dead by now. Oh, God, yeah, that's 15 years ago. No, yeah. yeah, 15 yeah. years ago, isn't it? And if it was a mature cat, then <laughs> I would think it, yeah. It must be. They must be brilliant. I've I don't actually... know. I mean, I don't, I don't know what sort of age they live to in the wild. I mean, if, I mean, for example, like otters, I mean, they can live up to 15 years, but rarely live above seven, eight years in the wild. It's not actually that long. Um, no. Let's just say puma uh, age in the wild. I don't know. I think it's uh, 12 years for a puma. Is it? Uh, 25 in captivity. And uh, let's look for a leopard. Some, I think it's slightly more. Um, yeah, 15. 15 years for a leopard in the wild. Mm. So that animal it. that I saw would mm. be long dead by now. Yeah, must be. But sightings persist, you say. Mm. Uh, I just think it's... Uh, we've had a, a few around here. Surrey. There's a lot in, in Surrey. Pumas, there's a few pumas. There was a puma sighting years back in Crystal Palace Park. Um, which is, I mean, that's right up into London, really. Mm. That's um, basically, you, you're almost at the estates, but the park is very big. It's wild. It's a big expanse. Um, one year, just two years back, three years back, in Rusper, which is in Hampshire. Uh, and that was spotted by a horse breeder. I talk about that one all the time on the podcast. Horse oh, breeder spotted that one. And that was waist height, she said, black panther, male, saw it close enough to see this male. He even saw it lick its face. Uh, huge, she said, from a horse breeder point of view, this was a big thing. Big bones, strong, muscular. Walked towards them like it was nothing. Not even yeah. slightly concerned. No, say the one we saw, I didn't perceive it to be that big. I would say, you know, Labrador size at yeah. the biggest. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But we had another sighting in Gainsborough. Um, I was working, it was when I was on light duties just before I retired, um, in the uphills area, because sort of, like I say, the Lincolnshire edge sort of runs all through Lincolnshire and it's sort of half cuts through Gainsborough because we're sort of like in the Trent Valley. 
and it was near the Seven Trent Waterworks. They have some offices, what we call in the uphills area. Mm. And this woman telephoned the police station to say that she'd seen this black cat in their or on their land at the back of their property. Mm. And she was a little bit concerned because there was a children's nursery next door. Mm. And the thing was, she'd seen this cat walk along this fence line and it was a, a, a two bar fence. And she'd actually gone out and measured the, the first bar up mm. and it was 24, was it 24, 26 inches off the ground. And she says the cat's back was above the first bar of this fence. Wow. So she says, it, you know, no way was this a domestic cat, you know, with its, with its height. Anyway, I, I, I seem to remember that I put it on our local briefing board, which goes out to the press. Um, and I subsequently got a bollocking off the inspector. <laughs> he came through and said, what on earth are you doing putting us on the briefing board? You know, why are we releasing this to press? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, surely, sir. I said, you know, if there's a children's nursery next door, you know, shouldn't they be made aware? I said, I've already telephoned the nursery and told them, you've done what? And, you know, it was mass mm -hmm. panic. And I said, well, you know, what happens if this animal is there? And what happens if it does savage one of these children or worse, mm. you know, we're going to be left with egg on the face if we had prior information that there was a cat prowling around the boundary to a, to a, to a nursery yeah. school. But he wouldn't have it. And I say, he removed it from the press briefing and I got a right telling off. But it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but yeah. of course, because then you have to look foolish. That These days, I notice a lot of police forces will admit there being a, a big cat sighting and they will they will the freedom of information request seem to 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 release that information but i've also noticed that there was a few there was that one up in scotland not so long ago which was Didn't in they shoot one in wiltshire or somewhere like that wasn't one shot at black pume by the police i seem to recall many many years ago i've heard something about it but i've never seen any evidence i've seen the photographs of it I, mean, I can't remember what county it was in yeah i'm sure it was a lynx or something like that i don't think it was I a... i'm not sure I've seen, oh, I've seen it was a black puma. i mean well there's no black pumas because they don't exist but a leopard for sure or black leopard whatever. yeah i don't know that, I, I i was under the impression that that was more of a tale that one. If you've seen, I'd love to see the pictures. If you, if you, um, I can't remember where they were. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. I've seen two pictures of two police officers stood with the carcass of this cat in the middle of the road. I seem to remember, uh, a lynx a few years back and maybe also a puma. I think that was an escape that was captured and relocated to a zoo somewhere. All of these facts, they're down in the book somewhere, but you know, they don't, they don't pop into my head straight away. It, it, for me, it's. I think it's not good for them to admit that there could be a problem like this because essentially, at some point, questions are going to be asked. One, why aren't you keeping keeping us safe by keeping on top of this problem? Because there's a huge big cat problem in the country. Two, how did this happen? And I think it'll go back to that 1976 yeah. law and say why was the support given to these owners to say, look, if you can't you can't keep them if you can't afford this and we'll facilitate that in some way but it wasn't as bad as all that was it i think you know i think a lot of people sort of panicked didn't they because they they thought they were going to have to have this enormous insurance bills for, you know to keep these animals and I it's don't the think enclosure it was... yeah the enclosure has to be ventilated have um mm. has plenty of space for the animal to run around it has to be of a certain dimension as well i think so i think that's the expensive part and to a certain extent, I mean, a lot of these animals at the time, they were like pets, weren't they? So they, they were more domesticated than wild animals. And I think Absolutely. possibly a lot of those that would have been released wouldn't have survived that long. Possible. But I, mean, I don't know. But I, don't know, I, don't know I, I don't know what the argument is, Andy, because I say, you know, I've, I've seen the physical evidence that left behind mm. and I've actually seen one myself. You know, there's no denying what I saw that night yeah. or that morning. To me, they're out there. Yeah, they're definitely out there. Yeah, I'm just trying definitely. to find the, the detail. Here it is. The detail of... Uh, there were two stipulations in the Dangerous Wild Animals Act about how they should be kept, which I thought were very... Oh, very prohibitive. Ah, here we go. Okay. Ah, come on. My internet is, like, slugging away tonight. 
Is this lockdown stuff? Everybody's just using up the bandwidth. Okay, so look at this. Okay, so in section 3C and F of the Act, uh, the requirement reads, uh, any animal concerned will at all times of its being kept only under the authority of the license be held in the accommodation which secures that the animal will not escape, which is suitable as regards construction, size, temperature, lighting, ventilation, drainage, and cleanliness, which is suitable for the number of animals proposed to be held in the accommodation. And while any animal concerned is at the premises where it will normally be held, its accommodation is such that it can take adequate exercise. So that's within the enclosure, I'm yeah. sure. And that, that's got to be something huge, you know, a huge space. I'd be interested in talking to some of the zoos and see what, what the stipulations are for them within the zoo, how big their enclosures have to be. But if you've just had something on a, on a leash, you know, in your farmyard, on a chain for the last five years, and then suddenly you've got to build this whole... Um, well, they were sitting on sofas in living rooms, weren't they? Yeah, <laughs> going for walks on Barnaby Street. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's got to be it. That, in my mind, that has got to be the reason this happened. At least for the be, It's got to be the nucleus of, of, of it, the start of this, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Has to be. But, I mean, how these animals, I mean, you know, the, there's got to be a population out there. There's got to be a breeding population out there. Um, how that's occurred, I don't know. Yeah, somehow. I mean, but... if, if, you know, if, if somebody in Surrey releases a, a puma or a cougar and somebody in Kent, you know, these two animals have got to get together somewhere. And... They have, they have, they have. And that's a very good point, actually. How did they meet? How if not they... released together. Yeah. How did they yeah. and um because all these people didn't live within the same towns did they you know I, mean, I know there was there was some that yeah you know what are the chances of those animals if they've taken them out to the countryside actually meeting up with an animal of the same species and it being a I, male and a female as well not just two males or two females and apparently most of the cats kept in this country were were pumas and and leopards melanistic mm -hmm. leopards they were prized. They were the pets that were very popular. Yeah. Things like jungle cats and servals and lynx and the rest of it. It's, it's, it's hard really to pin it down. I'll tell you a sighting here actually that happened in Northamptonshire in Findon. And the gentleman sent me this. You know, he was really shocked because this thing was in his garden right in the centre of town basically. Really? And he said it was late summer in 2009 going out to the garden to hang laundry on the line. And he was taking the clothes off the pegs, uh, looking to the rear of the garden. He saw some movement behind the bins. And uh, it looked sort of a tan colour. Stared again to, to look to see what it was. And suddenly, you know, this big creature takes two leaps across the width of the garden and vertically jumps up to the top of a six-foot fence panel and uh, off into the, some wild sort of abandoned house garden behind him. And he said the fence swayed like two to three times of the weight of it, and mm -hmm. it was gone. Firstly, similarly to you, he's thinking, oh, you know, what is that? Is that a boxer dog in my back garden? Or, like, how come it's got this long tail? How come it can jump up on the fence? And he described it like this was a puma. And his, his description of the place in his town is he's a mile and a half into town. And the town's surrounded by countryside. But it's quite... Um, it's quite a, quite a concrete sort of town, not a green town. I just thought, gosh, you know, I looked out on Google Maps and I just plotted the way in. Like This thing would have had to sneak like a mile and a half into town from the countryside. He thinks it was after rats and things that were living in this abandoned house that was overgrown with a garden just behind his house. And, and there it was, you know, just having a snoop around his garden at night when <laughs> he's out putting the washing out. You'd get the fright of your life, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, um, mm, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't go out then you, without carrying you, a big you, knife. You don't sort of, you know, it, it, it's difficult. It's like that morning, as I say, I turned around and I was, this deer was looking at me. And I mean, it was literally inches from the glass. Yeah. And it stood on my deck and you think, you know, what, what the hell's that? I mean, Christ, it's a deer. Yeah. But as I say, it was the same with that cat. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a big cat, definitely. Well, look, I think it's um, yeah, it's, it's either that or, or thylacine, <laughs> or thylacine, you know. 
what's that old phrase? Um, it's from the book Dracula. It's um, what is it? It's it's do not let your eyes see nor your ears hear that which you cannot account for. And I'm always trying to think like that. And with the big cats, you can you can account for them. That's my view. You can't account for them, um, and, and why they would be here. The thing is, I mean, we've got um, Lawton Woods or Lawton Forest, which is which is north of Gainsborough, between sort of Gainsborough and Scunthorpe. There's a population of monk jack deers there, mm. and people very very rarely see them. Fuck. Very mm. very rarely see them. It's small, really mm. small. Well, mainly because the Brackens probably you mm. know, sort of three, four foot high, and yeah. the monk jacks only sort of two, three foot. They're kind of cute. They're yeah, cute. they do this weird little bark, don't they? Yeah. Um, we've got a bunch of them down here as well, and it's they're very, very cute. Look, we have here in Surrey, um, but then again, like, like 200,000 plus green parrots flying around the place. Yeah, now they're everywhere, aren't they? Nobody really knows when it started. There's that rumor that Jimi Hendrix lets them go in Carnaby Street in the 60s, <laughs> or they escape from Pinewood Studios, which is not far from here, with the um filming of African Queen. Nobody really yeah. knows how they got to be here, but. And when I'm out walking, I see them all the time. When I first moved here in 2009 from Wales, uh, I was staying above two, like a, a couple, two two guys, and they were very eccentric, and they had lots of antique furniture and sort of they were very sort of old school. And uh, I saw these three green parrots in their tree eating the berries. I thought, oh gosh, their parrots have escaped. And I went down to tell them. Uh, they weren't, that's clearly, they were just swamp parrots. They looked at me like I'm going mad. So I think your parrots have got out. And they were like, what? Like, oh, what? I said, you have parrots, right? I said, no, we don't have any. And so they explained to me, these rings, um, ring rose parakeets were like going in the 60s or 70s. Nobody knows how. And now Surrey has a couple hundred thousand. And you yeah. just see them everywhere. Well, it's like we had a... Um... Across the river in Nottinghamshire, there was a mink farm. Um, oh. Many years ago, these sort of animal rights people decided to sort of raid it one night yeah. and release all the mink into the water. And we're inundated with mink around here. And they, they're sort of established themselves now. Decimate the countryside. Yeah. I mean, they really do. The, the, the water bowls and everything. I mean, the nightmare. It's amazing that came from an animal rights action yeah. that destroyed all the local wildlife. To try to save one form of wildlife that wasn't local. It's it's odd how these things turn out sometimes. Yeah, you know? but well, it's odd what it's odd what you see in places because, I mean, I originally come from Grantham, and one night in the summer many years ago, um, I, I took my wife for a drive round Beaver Castle in in the Vale of Beaver, um, where I used to ride motorbikes as, as a youth and whatever, and I was showing them all these sort of places we went. And there was, uh, there's a road that goes down into Walthorpe by Beaver. And as we sort of drove down this, quite slowly down this like ravine, this tree ravine. And I had a soft top Mazda sports car at the time. And we were lovely summer's evening. So we're just crawling literally down this hill when there was this flapping up in the trees. Mm. And this bird, this really big bird just fell next to the car. And it was mm. an eagle, mm. an eagle. No word of a lie. I mean, it stood next to the car. I mean, literally two mm-hmm. two meters from us, and it was I don't know two three foot high, like a golden golden eagle. A golden eagle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. white head or or a sea eagle, whatever. White oh head. yeah, yeah. And it took off and it flew across the back of the car before I had a chance to get the phone out or anything. And I, I would say its wingspan was a good eight nine foot. Wow. And I mean, it was a magnificent bird. I mean, I reported that to the Grantham Journal. But everybody's oh no, it's 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 a buzzard, it's this, it's that. You get birds, you get birds here sometimes. You really do. Stella seagull. Um, we had an eagle owl. Um, there's a there's a bird sanctuary across in Nottingham. Oh, uh, I know Yes, and this was mm. living in the field at the back for about a week. In fact, it was mm. sitting on people's rooftops because I was frightened for the cats. Because they're big. Yeah. Oh, take a cat, no problem. Take a yeah, I actually too. went and. I took some photographs of that for the paper when I was working mm. uh, as a photographer for the paper. 
Um, I went up the field one day and he was sat in the hedgerow, you know, until wow. I sort of, I got to within about 50 yards of him before it disturbed him and he flew off. But huge, was, huge bird. Where was the, where was the escape rear that was running around? Was that in Lincolnshire or somewhere else? I forgot about that. There was a, um, for yes. years, for a few years, I'm sure that was in Lincolnshire, running around the place for ages. Um, it rings a bell, doesn't mm. it? Um, I can't think offhand. Yeah, I'm gonna. I might have the the detail here. Somewhere. Was it Market Raisinway? Might have been. Yeah, might have been. Um, but that was amazing. There was just it was it was an escape from a, a farm somewhere or a pet. <clears throat> the wallabies. That's one of my favourites as well. The koipus. I think they're all gone now. The koipus. Uh, I think they they got rid of them. And I saw one of those ones. Mm. Did you? Yeah, we saw we saw one of those when we were on a, a murder, a, a, no, a rape inquiry down near Spalding on one of the drain sides. Yeah. Huge big thing, scared the yeah. living daylights out of me. They're big, they're big, but I think they eradicated them. I think they're, they they might not have been. It was a, that was in Norfolk mainly, also. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, well, Spalding's not far from Norfolk. Okay. You know, it's on the sort of yeah. links Norfolk, Norfolk border. Um, uh, legal out. Okay. Massive things. <clears throat> They're big. I mean, they're really, really big. Um, uh, I didn't list the rear in there. Ah, it's a shame. Okay, I don't have it. I think it was around there. The wallabies are my favourite, so and we've got wallabies living in our country that established. In Derbyshire, makes yeah. Makes me happy. They're nice creatures. They're easy on the eye. They're not mean as shit like kangaroos. You know? <laughs> 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 horrible, horrible things, kangaroos. But wallabies are just cute little cuddly things. They get on with the other wildlife. They don't decimate the countryside. They're, they're good guests, you know. Yes. They're really yeah. good guests. It's it's a strange thing when you think of all the invasive species. So I actually saw a mitten crab in the stream. Uh, we live near the Thames. Oh, we get the, the Yeah, they're in they're in the Trent. Mm. Loads exactly. of them. Yeah, tons and tons. See them shedding yeah, it, in the uh, in the summer. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, sort of American crayfish as well. I mean, they're mm. such an invasive species. They're they're in all our waterways now, and yeah, we're not getting they are around them. here anyway. All the rivers and streams. Yeah, uh, you're not getting rid of them. The one that that maybe um, that saw I saw had a tie into actually was uh, the uh, African claw toad of the Zanopis toad, um, which is. Sub-Saharan African, and they're a toad that lives completely underwater for their whole lives. And there's there's apparently populations in Kent, Isle of Wight, South Wales. Now, for me, growing up in South Wales when I was a child, I actually had them as pets. I think that they were in some really? of the nearby streams and you know rivers. Was really cool to think that they might have been out there as well. And clearly, you know, like the terrapins and the snapping turtles and everything else, just being dumped. You know, yeah. let go and uh, tasked to, to live in the British countryside, which isn't as harsh an environment as people think. No, no. no. I mean, we, we've got a lot of terrapins in the little ponds around here. You go for a walk, you see them sort of crawl over. I, mean, I really like them. But they survive, so. They really do. Yeah. They're, good. They're really good. Um, you yeah. had a few other strange experiences as well, haven't you? You were telling me about. No, you, you sent me a documentary, <laughs> to my shame with my sort of non-stop uh, uh, work life at the moment, I just haven't been able to see anything. I've wanted to watch it. But just, just tell us a little bit about that. Um, that was really strange. I, I just can't explain what that was at all. With uh, my unit, again, it's whilst I was working on the task force unit. We'd been doing some covert ops down at Swinderby, one of the villages on the Lynx and Docks border. And we were returning back to Gainsborough. We, we deposited our plain clothes cars, as we called them. It's sort of like scruffy old vans and things. Back to headquarters, and we were travelling back to Gainsborough along a road called Tilbridge Lane, which is an old Roman road. And it was about two in the morning. Um, as you climb out of the village, there's a slight hill coming up the, as, as you leave the village. Um, there's just me and this other lad in our van. And as we got to the crest of this hill, this, I can only describe it as this thing shot across the road in front of us. I haven't a clue what it was. Mm. It was just, 
it was just so frightening. I, as I say, I, I, I don't know what it was. It was about two meters long, about 18 inches deep and about 18 inches off the ground, the width of the carriageway, quite opaque. And it went from right to left in front of us, from across a gateway through another gateway. And it was a clear, still, frosty winter's night or morning, as I say, it was about mm. two in the morning. And whatever this lozenger-shaped thing was, mm. just shot across the road in front of us. I remember you it telling me in a message that it gave you a real sense of fear. Yes, yeah. I mean, we were petrified. I mean, we really were. We, we, I wanted to stop because we had all this night vision gear in the back of mm. our van. Um, but the lad that was driving, he said, no. He says, no way am I stopping. And to this day, I don't know what it was. What an animal. Again, we were in, I don't know, 40, 30 yards of it as it crossed the road in front of us. You know, we, we weren't mistaken as to what it was, but we just didn't know what it was. I, I don't can't remember. It. And it was so freaky, really, really yeah. freaky. Did it feel alive somehow? Or did it feel like it was just an object of such unusual locomotion and and um, visage that you were unnerved by its very presence <clears throat> because of because of what you saw? Because some people, when they see something that they said, even when it's not um, organic looking, what is it? I felt like the thing had a presence, had a a living presence. Did you feel it something was, like that? It was definitely under its own locomotion uh -huh. it wasn't as i say it wasn't being blown across the road it wasn't a piece of polythene it wasn't anything like that and it was this distinct lozenger shape but mm. it, it it was opaque you couldn't see through it but it had fuzzy edges if you know what i mean mm. its edges weren't defined mm. it was I don't, I don't know it was just so scary and so freaky and i think that's because your mind can't compute what you're actually seeing you know, as I say, I've I've seen everything stood by the roadside. I've seen mm. deer, I've seen koi pews, I've seen badgers, foxes, sheep. I've seen a carpet of rats crossing the road. Of, mm. You know, it's... I've seen every animal imaginable, you know, yeah. being a, a, a sort of rural county. Yeah. And this wasn't an animal. It wasn't a sheet of polythene. Yeah. It wasn't low-lying mist. It wasn't fog. There was no wind that night. It was a perfectly still, frosty night. And you had a witness. You weren't alone. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And we both saw the same. You know, if one of us had said, oh, Christ, did you just see that? You know, that, and you mm. said, oh, yeah, that was a fox or that was a, a yeah. sheep running across it. But we both saw the same. This what what height above the road was it? It was about 18 inches off the road surface. Okay. So it was low down. It was low okay. down. And they went through the gates, so the gates were open, or went through the gaps in the Yes, gates? I think they're, they're sort of like derelict open gates. Oh, yeah. Hawthorn hedges either side of them. But not a kind of movement, like a straight across. Straight across, yeah. Yeah. Fast? Or just yeah. a kind of... You know, no, faster than that. Yeah. Okay. Of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at me. Not, not like so scientific. Not. Was it like this? like that <laughs> no, it, was, it, was, it was like that and that's but, how we do things in crypto that's a, that's a level of science i'm a, a, about up to <laughs> no. um yeah i well, mean I, I i can't put a speed on it or whatever it crossed the road quickly in front of us but yeah it's had not, that been an animal had that been a deer running across the road yeah you would have got you'd it. Have said christ look at that deer mm. you know had it been a sheep or, or a swan flying across the road yeah i mean even, i've even seen geese flying across the road at low level at night mm -hmm. And think, God, look at them geese. Mm. But this was just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I really can't. I have no idea. Some sort of... Yeah, but this was, nine, this was um, 1988. No, I'm thinking something more experimental, you know. Oh, um, you mean probably military or something like that. Do you that. have a base around? Yeah, there's RAF Scampton. Which oh, is, RAF base, okay. Uh, there's RAF Waddington. Yeah, um, that's one of my first point of call with. Um, I don't think it wasn't, it wasn't big. Object. I don't think it yeah. was big enough to be sort of military or anything like that. I mean, I don't know whether you believe in in extraterrestrial. I know enough people that say they've seen them. To um, I mean, it's not my. I mean, I've seen some odd things. I've seen some odd yeah. things at night, and I mean, 
again, when we were on task force, we, we used to do a lot of sort of, of work in conjunction with the RAF. Um, I recall we had a lot of problems with nuclear protesters when the Americans mm. were doing a sort of uh, a casualty exercise out of Wano. Mm. They had all their big transport planes in and we were dotted around and we went down to RAF Coningsby and we got talking, we were chatting, we were having a cup of tea with some of the lads in the guardroom one night and there was a couple of pilots came in and we got talking about various things and they were saying you wouldn't believe some of the things that were sent up to intercept. Really? And I think they had phantoms at the time. It was before they went on to tornadoes. Okay. And he says we're we're vectored in onto these radar sort of targets mm. and he says we just can't touch them. And you know, this is from the horse's mouth. Yeah. He says what, this what is, is you know in the eighties. Yeah, this would sort of be mid eighties. Yeah. I mean, he says there's some crazy, I won't repeat what he called it, but yeah. And you well, think to yourself, well, you, you know, you've got a squadron leader that stood in front of you telling you that they're sent up to intercept things, you know, over the North Sea, that they don't know what they are. Yeah, I've, I've heard lots of stories like that. Uh, Did you hear that, um, that recent head of the Israeli um, space agency come out and say that? UFOs and aliens are real and uh, governments know about them but they're just not ready to reveal it yet now that's a kind of crazy statement for anybody but the ex-head of the space agency of a country that's a pretty significant statement or didn't the Belgian government didn't they admit that they were extraterrestrials after they had a spate didn't they they did well it's strange the way these things come out because it, it kind of comes out in the press and it disappears and then there's another article that kind of presents it in a different way like all of these things mm-hmm. and you're left thinking are they just admitting that they've tracked objects they don't know what they are that's fair enough anybody can say that without really saying anything special um but it was strange like my my wife's from there so i know even bearing in mind the way her country is made up and the, the professions of those people in, in that, that level of the government, it's an incredibly extreme and unusual statement for anybody to make. And I don't, I don't believe in UFOs or um, I don't know, aliens I or anything. I might just think something different about the phenomena, but I've, I've got friends who... My, my view looking at stuff like Bigfoot sightings is that, you know, one man's Bigfoot is another man's alien sighting or, or whatever else, and one's as strange as the other or a ghost thing, and, and to somebody on the outside of that, we're all a bit crazy, you know? Uh, only, I might say, well, I think Bigfoot's real, but aliens, whoa, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm talking to a girl at the minute that I'm hoping mm. to sort of do an interview with. She yeah. saw something similar to that out near a little village called Halsham in East Yorkshire. Um, I was talking to her today, actually, because I said, you know, can you describe, because obviously I can't get to sort of speak to her at the moment because of COVID. And I said, you know, can you tell me what this thing was like? And she said, it it ran towards their car along this road on all fours. But she says, then it got up onto two legs and sort of ran towards them. And she says, all I can remember, she was absolutely petrified. She said, oh. it had what she describes as a human face. And then it got back down onto all fours, and she described that it ran off like a gorilla does sideways into into like the woodland at the side. Are you talking to her, the witness? Are you? Yeah. Um, I'm aware of that sighting. Uh, She was a she is a vet or a vet's assistant or something. No, she works with horses. She works for horses. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's the East Riding Village of Halsham, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. That's a very interesting sighting because. I had that under a sort of a dogman sighting, but really, it's not really what she describes. She describes a hairy creature with, with a human face. human-like face yeah. uh, that runs on all fours, and that's a that's another classic sign of a Bigfoot sighting. Not, yeah. not, not a lot of people know. Yeah. Uh, hey, once you've finished uh, talking to her, if she wants to chat to me sometime, I would love yeah, to speak sure. because um, I've I think there's a lot to of get in touch to get directly. To yeah, bless yeah. her, bless her. Tell her I'll be very. Um, very kind. Paul, Paul Sinclair, I think he wants to try and sort of include her in one of his books. She's going to have a full diary. Um, yeah. Anyway. But she says when, when she saw it, um, she spoke to one of her friends, and apparently one of her friends leaked it to somebody at the Hall Daily Mail. Mm. 
Mm. And this guy said he would do this, and I think he sort of abused the trust and everything, and splashed it all in the papers and everything. And I, I, she says, I feel more embarrassed about what I saw than anything. Most people do. I have a terrible, terrible time getting witnesses to talk to me about stuff like that. So what I do in almost every single circumstance, every single issue, with this is with big issue uh, witnesses, I'll give them the choice with. Bigfoot witnesses with any other type of witness situation, I tell them, look, I'm going to automatically anonymize your sighting so no, nobody can connect it to you or knows it's you unless you tell me otherwise. Your name won't put Bigfoot next to it, not even like a, something that's similar to your name. You'll be the man or the girl or, you know, that guy. Uh, and that helps them share it a bit more because. I get a lot of. Can strange... I just show you this? I mean, it's. Hang on. I've been trying to do some <laughs> sketches to go with my thing, and I've drawn all sorts of like pictures oh, yeah. of wolves and various other things, saying, Does it look like this? And I drew this today. And she says, oh, Wow, yeah. that's it. She said, That's it. <laughs> it did. Well, that's not, that's not a dogman sighting. That's for sure. Now she said it had a human face. I think the problem with that sighting is it was connected with a spate of uh, all stinker style sightings in that area yeah. at that time. So there was the um, the old stinker sighting uh, in Barmston Drain. Barmston Drain, yes. Yeah, and a few others that, that occurred around that same time. And I think it just got lumped into them. Yeah. But I've, been, I've looked back at it, the place I put it in the book a few times. I just thought, I'm not sure if I'm comfortable with that being there. It seems out of place, really, more like There's, a coincidence. I was reading online, um, I think it happened last year, there were two independent sightings made by two different police officers, um, sort of southeast of Market Raisin, where both these officers had seen a Bigfoot-type creature. Mm. And that's something I want to sort of look into. Yeah, that's very interesting. Look, there's so much going on. I know, and it, it's, 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 you can't get it in your head, though, can you? But, you know, that there's the possibility that there's a wild hair in, <laughs> running around the British countryside. It seems to me very, very, like a big stretch. And if yeah. it wasn't for the fact, really, that I'd say at least three, at least three of the witnesses I've directly talked to, I've got, I've got no doubt at all about the fact that they believe their story. And then that's where you come to, isn't it? You know that yeah. sometimes, that, that in an unbelievable circumstance, the best you can come away with is that you know they're telling the truth about what they believe. And, I mean, it's um, crazy. I mean, it's, it was like my sighting, you know. I mean, it was many, many years before, yeah. you know, other than sort of close colleagues at work, that I actually spoke to anybody about it. Yeah. You know, because I... Uh, as I say, as a serving police officer, you know, to tell somebody that you've seen this yeah. lozenger-shaped object fly across the road in front of you, mm -hmm. you think, Christ, are you mad? Yeah, you know? exactly. Are you mad? The thing with mine was, I mean, going back to sort of, you know, the suggestion it may be extraterrestrial, mm. I learned several years after my sighting that two other officers from Gainsborough, when we used to have a traffic division there, had seen a similar thing on mm. the same stretch of road about eight to nine years before my sighting. I then found out um, through one of the village policemen that a farmer in that area had also seen something mm. which he described as a similar thing going across the road. So I don't know. I don't know where that leaves it. You know, there's multiple sightings of this thing I've seen by multiple witnesses at the same time. Do you know if there's any recent sightings? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. No, I haven't heard anything and I haven't seen anything. And uh, yeah. say I've been retired. I, well, I retired in 2000. Um, oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah, that's, I don't look that old, do I? <laughs> most of the lads I've worked with have sort of retired. You know, yeah. so most of, most of the police officers in Lincolnshire now, I don't, I don't sort of know many at all. So I haven't sort of got any contacts in the job. No, no, sure. That makes sense. To me, I mean, I mean, I, I, did ask, I mean, there is one lad I still talk to, and he's the he's one of the Lynx wildlife officers, and I did ask him 
um, prior to sort of speaking to you about big cats, whether we'd had any sort of cattle mutilations mm. or sheep mutilations of late. And he still hasn't got back to me, so I can't answer that one. I'm sure things will come up, but I mean, if you've got a, a healthy enough supply of deer and rabbits, I'm sure mm. sheep aren't really you know, high on the menu, to be honest with you. Uh, no, I think no, that, Andy, but you know, what I'd like to say really is that it's been really interesting, especially with the, the I was, let's call it the lozenger. UFO, oh, gosh, yeah. you know, uh, the know Lindsay Lo- Lozinger. <laughs> yeah, the Lindsay Lozinger. Yeah, um, because th- th- these these things happen all the time, and it, people don't really know where to turn, even when you've got experience like you of, of dealing with people I just don't know what expressing doing, very, you know, very sensitive things to you as a witness. You must relate to them sometimes. Like, oh, it's going to be hard yeah. for this person to come out and talk about this. Then you find yourself in that same situation. How do you tell people, especially when you're in a profession where reputation is critical? Um, yeah, how do you confess these things? The one thing I would say to anybody listening out there, whether they want to talk to Andy or talk to me, is we will we will protect your anonymity. <laughs> we will, uh, but we would very much appreciate your stories and your sightings because um, they are important to share and to learn more about the subject. Yeah, I, I just don't know what it was. I can't explain what it was. And I would, I would love to know. As I say, it definitely wasn't an animal. It definitely wasn't a meteorological phenomenon. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't mist. It wasn't fog. It, it was this opaque sort of yeah. object. I'm still wondering about that RAF base, you know, the stuff we see now that we're all playing with is yeah, why why uh, would an uh, RAF drone be flying you know 18 inches above the ground across a road <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning surveillance evasion I uh, don't know. you know, you know testing just... surveillance equipment that that would, would be way below any sort of radar that would be out of the I don't know I mean it's a stretch even that's a stretch because flying so low it's bound to get crashed or broken or something mm. um I don't, I don't really know it would i would say that whatever we saw appeared more inanimate than animate if that makes not sense. flexible completely no. no there was no undulation or anything to it yeah. it, it, it appeared to be a, a solid shape very interesting I don't know what it was. It was it was just terrifying, though. It was so so, so frightening. That's I mean, the was, thing that's most that's most significant for we me. Were, about it. Uh, the both of us, yeah, you know, we were petrified. Were you generally I mean, feeling that way about any part of your job? You were, must have faced some very tough, I mean, scary yeah, situation. I mean, I mean, you know, as I say, I was firearms trained. I've been, up, I was, you know, you're not we easily in, scared, basically. No, well, I mean, we were yeah. put in situations where other officers couldn't deal with them. Mm. You know, we were our level one PS unit, we were firearms trained. And for two two of us to see the same thing and mm. be engulfed in fright by the same thing is I don't know, I just can't explain it. That's it's, a, that's it's, it's just it, it's something that I you know I'll take to my grave with me. I mean I'll never yeah. know what I and I would love to know what it was, but I doubt I shall ever know what it was. Don't think we will but again, Andy, that that to me is is important. Two firearms trained, serious incident officers see something flash past them on a lonely road and both feel terrified. And that's that's an unusual. That itself is more unusual than what you saw. If you think about it, not knowing what it was you saw. But I know the other the other guy that saw it a few years before me because I asked him about it and he said he said the same thing. They were both sort of terrified, you know, really, really frightened by what they'd seen. So interesting. So that's four, that's four police officers that have seen it. I think, um, I don't know. 